Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. Westplex 107.1. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Doink, doink. Yeah, I give it five doinks. Doink, doink. <laughs> doink, 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 doink. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the special Shelly version. Did you realize that Shelly was actually doing background for Nelly back then? With little, with little doink, 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 with little doink, 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 with a little doink, 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 little doink, 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 doink. <laughs> okay, doink. You know they Doinker. can't. <laughs> They, they're they're probably going to get in trouble for that song because you know the one line Why? where the ladies go, I think my butt is big. Isn't that what she says? No, that's not what that's what he's. I think my butt's get getting big. Are you sure? Yep. I have to look at the lyrics. See, now that's a good thing, right? It, evidently, it is. There's a <laughs> lot of people paying for big butts. <laughs> right, right. But before I like big butts and I cannot lie. Before Kim Kardashian, what was the the classic? Saw a phrase that women would say, "Does this make my my butt look big?" Right? Yeah. Now it's to the point where, if I wear this, will it make my butt look big? You know, I mean, like, it's like the exact opposite. You know, there are people that have no buttocks that will wear little padded. Well, that's that's me. Undergarments. When you get to be like in your eighties, like me, men lose their butts. I, I wear. I've got that special. That special padding. It's called add a butt. And a butt. Yeah. And a butt. <laughs> and a butt. You've never seen the commercial? It Ron Popeil. Man, when you get up there at age, when you get right. up there in age, and your butt disappears, you need at a butt. Yes, I'm Ron Popeil. I'm an old. Oh, he just died recently, so I should make fun of him. But when he was up there, you know, Did I'm. He? Yeah, he just passed away like a week before last. Remember, we talked about him on the air. You don't remember anything we talked. Remember, we talked about yesterday. We talked about the vol- volcano in Herculaneum down here in Jefferson County. We talked about that yesterday. And then we no, talked. We did not. We stop talked about it. the dinosaur, the dinosaur attack that happened out in Wentzville yesterday. Dinosaur came out of the the GM plant and was crunching all the trucks in the parking lot. Now, how come you don't save that kind of stuff? <laughs> I did. I just did. <laughs> how come I don't save that you kind of stuff? You are wrong on so many levels. I swear, some of the stuff that you pick up on. That you torment me with for the rest of my life. Like I'm an FAA engineer. Scratch, scratch, scratch. You talking like things like that? <laughs> yes, just like that. Or like, Stop it. or like this. And I would moon her. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to get Tiffany on to see what she has to say about that. After all these years oh, hold, have hold passed. It. Hold, on. I had Tiffany on the air right now. I just got her on the phone. Hold on a minute. And, and Tiffany, who, you know, she. She called me last night and she said, can I come on the air tomorrow and thank all my friends who've been so nice to me while I've been pregnant? I go, sure. And she goes, you mind if I read the list of my friends who have been so kind to me during pregnancy? I go, no, fine, go ahead. And we recorded this last night. And I said, okay, go ahead, Tiffany. Read off all those names of people that have been so kind to you. Phil McCracken, Suk Mahidik, Ophelia McHawk, Eileen Dover, Don Kiddick. Wayne Kerr, Aaron Sorkin. Boy, her voice has gotten deep since she's gotten pregnant. Is that and is that? Is, is, is it that, comes with a <laughs> comes with the territory. Yep, your hair that, grow, your feet grow. 
<laughs> Did you know that? Yes, I, I know that. And remember, I'm a father of four. Don't. Uh, there's not much about pregnancy I don't know, including the <laughs> my first my firstborn. <laughs> my wife <laughs> beat up on me in the hospital. I'm sure it was justified. She beat me. You know, and and what's you yeah, know. yeah. That's called a displaced aggression, and it's justified. Well, you know, it's interesting when it went through. What did they call it? Lamaze classes. What is that? What yeah. they call it? When... I went on Tiffany. I'm like, Tiffany, are you going to take your Lamaze class? She's like, Mom, I don't know what that is. Well, <laughs> I go Lamaze. It's like you're breathing. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. You, you know, you know, you gotta watch your breathing. Your daughter. Hold on. Whoa, 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 hold, hold. Oh, you mean birthing classes? Is that what they call it now? Yes. Okay. Well, I was going to say, your daughter who's a nurse doesn't know what Lamaze classes are? They call it birthing classes now? Yeah, they call them birthing classes. Lamaze was probably some politically incorrect term that they had to get rid of. From the but, 80s. But, <laughs> see, so when when what's interesting was, because I'm not make, making fun of, of my, my birth situation, because I told you, you know my whole situation. My oldest son, Brett, when he was born, my first he he essentially was was dead when he was born. wasn't stillborn, just was essentially dead. And they brought him back to life. And he spent I don't know two three weeks in the NICU out of the baby factory at St. John's back in the day. Which you know once again every time I drive was by there, was called the baby factory. What's that? It was called the baby factory. All right, right. Every time I drive by there, uh, literally every time I drive by there, I feel good about the fact that there are tremendously I don't know if too many of them left anymore I think most of them have probably retired because he's now 37 years old and if they would have been in their 20s they would now be what pushing 60 something like that anyway um, I'm grateful for the fact that they saved my son's life which they did I mean and Dr. Olander who was our doctor saved my son's life he literally saved my son's life so having said that going through Lamaz class you know, it was like, okay, now this is going to happen, and then this, and then this. So everything was up to a point, like they said, and then things just went off the tracks. And that's when, but they did warn us. They did warn us guys about our wives becoming violent. Yes. Hon- honest to God, they did. Yes, it, it's, a, it's a truth. It's a thing. Right, and I still have, if you take an x-ray of my left shoulder, I see, you can still see the break in my shoulder and the break in my left forearm where my wife hit me while she was in the process of getting ready. She was just getting ready to give birth. Did you have something to say before this uh, alleged attack? No, 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 no. She was, you didn't say anything snarky or (laughs) if I told something that would justify the, the punch. If I told you what precipitated it, you would never believe it. I mean, if I gave you a million guesses, you would never guess what precipitated her beating me up when my, when she was in childbirth. First time. Because she probably thought you did this to me. No, 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 no. She smelled onion rings on me. <laughs> I'm then I'm thinking that she was justified. <laughs> that was that was justifiable. There's a whole story behind that, <laughs> which I won't mm-hmm. get into right Onion now. Onion rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what did you go? You know, get a drink of water or something. I went to Fridays to head dinner. Okay. <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> well, I don't know. I could probably fill in the 
blank spots. <laughs> no, you can't. You'd never guess. You would never guess. Well, I'm thinking just okay, just from the little tidbits that you're that you're giving me here. Um, I I think you know you go, girl. No. And, it was justified. Well, then, once again, women have this strange thing where their voice takes on different characteristics when they're pregnant, especially during childbirth. And she looked at me and she said, If a fan says something really, really rude or throws something on you, you may be say, Come on down. Like Come Chuck Willie, where you say, Breaking right down the half court and y'all said it like men. That's what she said. That was a long one. Where'd you get that? Right. And, and then, and then after she said that, and I go, I go, Vicky, what's going on? And she looked at me like, with a death stare and said would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel i'm thinking wow where'd that come from and that's from somebody from a voice long long ago well, you don't you don't believe this not be heard but at the time there was a very famous doctor who who now is famous but back then nobody knew who he was who came into the room and he was like consulting on you know our birth and uh everybody in the in the room was masked up and he came in the room and he looked at all of us and he said right now people should not be walking there's no reason to be walking around with a mask true dr fauci was there during my child's birth i'm sure vicky was proud (laughs) onion rings brad onion rings really onion rings (laughs) seriously onion rings all i can say is Totally justified, Vicky. And I still, I had a little portable recorder for me, for with me, and I still have when when my wife was starting to go nuts. Uh, one of the nurses came in and she walked up to my wife and she said, "Calm down, calm down." I'm sure that worked for her. <laughs> and then this because that always works when a woman is upset. <laughs> and then what was really weird. There was this politician who was touring the hospital because at the time St. John's was getting an award, and and he walked into the room and and like you know my wife was like in like you know really getting ready to you know to do the thing, and and she was like sort of aggravated, and he walked in and he went over to her and introduced himself and then he said to her, "I got hairy legs that turn blonde in the sun." <laughs> You could have picked a better one for that. And one of the nurses, we had trouble hearing her. And I said to her, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just can't understand what you're saying. And she looked at me and she said, I got bronchitis. <laughs> you know what? You know what this is like? What? You putting together a rap song on the fly. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then what was interesting was I, st- I went... Man, I, you know, I mean, things didn't go right. That whole night was just a mess. And I'm going like, man, I smell something. And and you know, and then this one of the one of the nurses runs in the room and she yells, "The building is on fire!" I knew you were going to use that one. <laughs> oh, look, it's six twenty-three. And then my daughter was born. Hello. <laughs> she came out, and I go, "Oh, she could talk." <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. She was born three years premature. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, speaking of being born, oh, and, and you know what? So, you know what my son's huh? fir- you know my son's first words when he came out. What? I'm as mad as hell. As- I, I could hear him saying that actually. And the nurse came up to him and said, "How dare you!" 
<laughs> and and then and, and then this politician who you know was on a tour of the hospital he fell over on the floor and on the floor he's screaming they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move to get get me moving that's what they that's what happened do you know that he said that he wasn't allowed to take questions <laughs> Don't even go there with me. The thing, wait, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the most powerful man in the world. Well, the and other, he's not allowed to take questions? The other day, he, he after the infamous you know, thing where he comes out and announces what happened in, in Afghanistan, he says, yeah. I've been instructed or, or I've been instructed something to, to answer, to, to take questions. I'm, I'm going like, I felt the same way. I'm going like, Okay, he's the president of the United States. Who tells him what to do? You know, I mean, like, if he, I mean, everyone has a handler, right? But if you're the but president, really? If you're the president, like, you can do whatever you want. I mean, think about that. You can't. You can. can you imagine? Except for drive yourself, can, I don't think they're allowed. Right, to do you that. can't do that. Can I think imagine, that's like in the Constitution. Can you imagine being president for a day and it's going like, okay, let's drive the limo through Culver's and get a <laughs> and get get a, a kid's meal. Wouldn't it be funny? Hey, wouldn't it be funny? Let's do a YouTube video. Wouldn't it be funny to drive the presidential limousine? Yes, you know, and you know, I, Mr. the man in the back would like to have the Culver's kids meal. Well, isn't that the presidential limousine? Isn't that the president? Yes, but don't tell anybody cuz we're not supposed to be here. You know, and then like for example, like go into like a car dealership and say, "I'm the president. I want that car." Yes, sir. It's yours. I don't want to pay for it either. No, sir. It's on the house. It's your car. Would you like? Would you like two? Maybe. Would you like a truck, an SUV too? Yes, I'd he like. He couldn't all accept it. You know, he can do anything he wants. Hey, the president. No, no, he can't accept it. It's against the law. He's the president. He can pardon himself. You know, that's. What, yeah. Remember, well, that's, that's, oh, speaking of which, uh, limousines. Yeah. So my daddy used to have the Danielle Hotel in Clayton. Right. And they had a limousine. Right. He loved Krispy Kreme donuts. So what he would do was he would pack some of the girls in the limo and they would drive to North County to go to Krispy Kreme. Yeah. And one of the girls, Clayton. one of the girls was you. And as they pull up to the window. To no, get their... he actually never did that. And as they pull up to the window, Shelly would do. And I would moon her. The lady who works at the, <laughs> the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Shelly's dad would go, Come on, Shelly, do your thing. And, and she would go, Okay, when we get up to the window, we get our donuts. And I would moon her. That's what they do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it time to take a break? It's six twenty six. You're tired, Dang. aren't you? Yeah. Here's BS in the morning. We are on Westplex 107.1, KSOQ. And I just turned it back on. I'm sorry, I screwed up. And AM thirteen fifty uh what is AM 1350? K-R-A-P. Very good. I'm just testing you. Hey, by the way, mm-hmm. boy, more stories coming out. The death toll in the Northeast. You know what's crazy about this is they thought that when this Hurricane Ida was going to really do like another Katrina deal, like it, yeah. you know, like the terrible uh, uh, death toll that we had Katrina, what was that 15 years ago or something like that? And down in New Orleans, uh, in Louisiana, you know, the Louisiana area down there, they didn't have didn't have that many problems. I mean, it hasn't been like this catastrophic situation. The problem's been the aftermath of Ida as it, you know, went up to essentially the East Coast, and it just rained. They got, well, like, was they said seven inches of rain in Central Park in, in New York City, and the previous record was three inches of rain, like in an hour, something like that. And all these people that drowned in their uh, their basement apartments, have you, read, have you heard these stories? I haven't. God, it's horrible. I mean, and you know, and once again, I, 
I have to see if I can find this and find the exact quote, but they say that we have flash flood warnings all the time right here in the St. Louis area, right? I mean, there's, there's probably not a month that doesn't go by that we don't have a flash flood watch or a flash flood warning. Matter of fact, we had one just, just the other day. Remember that crazy storm that came through, dumped all that rain, there was flash flood warnings and stuff like that. I think I remember someone saying, and I have to look this up, that that was the first time in the history of New York City they issued a flash flood warning in New York City. And when you think about that, you you, you know, like we're sort of, sort of immune to it. Like I said, we've got the Merrimack and, you know, and the flash flood warnings and all the creeks that come up. You know, area like New York City, they don't really get that much, I mean, like torrential rain like we do. Plus, they don't have all the creeks and stuff like that. They got the Hudson River and, you know, stuff like that. But still, I mean, and did you see the pictures of the water, like in the subways? I mean, it was crazy. I didn't. Um, I have, there's a a young lady that, young woman that just moved up there with her kids to New York City. And um, I haven't, I needed to reach out to her because she just moved from here to New York. Why would someone move from the garden spot of the nation right here, you know, to New York City. Why would you move from this wonderful... Because that's where her home base for her business is. This wonderful place where it never gets warmer than about 80 degrees in the summer and never gets colder than about 60 degrees in the winter, where we never have snow, we never have hot weather, we don't, don't have any humidity, never have any flash floods, never had any tornadoes. Why would anybody move from here? I don't know. Can I, can I tell you something really weird? Have you heard this story? I, I don't know if we talked about this. Uh, the woman who... Uh, faked her 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 uh, vaccine shot card and 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 went to uh hawaii have you heard this story no and supposedly the reason that it caught their attention was the you know and once again my card is handwritten as is as yours correct is your card handwritten your vaccine card yes okay it's got matter of fact i should go get my card and read it it's handwritten, okay? And what they said was suspicious was that on the virus or the vaccine, it said Moderna, but it spelled it wrong, M-A-D-E-R-N-A. They had a picture of, of it, this card she forged, so allegedly forged, okay? And then what's interesting is apparently in Hawaii, when you get there, you're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to tell them what hotel you're at, and they check up on you. And apparently that's how this whole thing started, that she put down that she had the Moderna, not the Moderna, but the Moderna vaccine. And then when they called to check on her hotel reservation, the hotel says, we don't have anybody by that name registered here. So they figured, okay, we've been scammed. Okay, now, this is where the story takes a right turn totally away from the story. So I'm thinking to myself, and they said she flew there in Southwest. And I forgot that Southwest now flies to to uh, to uh, Hawaii. So just for grins, I grabbed my phone because I got the Southwest app on my phone, and I thought, I wonder what it must cost to fly to Hawaii. And I go, God, it's got to be thousands of dollars. Do you know <laughs> I picked a random date in September? You know, like between here and, and, and Hawaii, Honolulu, guess how much it was? One, how much? One way. One way to Honolulu. 900 $237. Wow. To Hawaii. I'm going like, okay, now hold on. What's crazy about it is, this is this crazy weird thing about the way the uh, you know the whole uh, uh, you know transportation systems works with the airlines. Okay, what's interesting is, and I actually did this. I found the flight number. Okay, one of the flights was going to connect through Phoenix, 
Matter of fact, there was two connections. I think you had to you switch planes in Phoenix. You flew to Tulsa, and then you you stayed on the plane. Then you switched planes in Phoenix. Okay, for me to fly from St. Louis to Phoenix was like four hundred dollars, and for me to fly from St. Louis to Honolulu, where I went to Phoenix, was two hundred thirty-seven dollars. How does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? And you know, it's one of those life things that you will never get an answer to. And back, you just have to kind of accept that that's the way it is. I don't know if it's still a thing, but people who were like big travelers used to figure this out, and they just get off the plane. In other words, like they say, well, it's going to cost you five hundred dollars to fly between here and and Los Angeles. But they would find, okay, I'm going to find a flight that connects between St. Louis and Phoenix, and then I'm, you know, I really don't want to go to Los Angeles. I just want to go to Phoenix. But yet, it's going to cost me five hundred dollars to fly fly to Phoenix. But if I take the flight that goes from St. Louis to Phoenix and then goes to Los Angeles, that flight's four hundred dollars. So I'll just take the flight from here to Phoenix. I'll just get off in Phoenix. You remember when people, people do do that? I know, I but but I do do yeah do do. But but I think you'd get in trouble for that. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm sure you would nowadays. I don't know if you know this or not. You used to work for the but FAA you're kind at the of airport. A big deal. No, no, no. I used to. I used to. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Southwest has their own police. And matter of fact, uh, sometimes you'll see the police cars that says, you know, like their police cars are painted like that. Let me guess, you were a police dispatcher. No, no, that that that, that orange and brown and and blue, you know, they're painted like the and and they got you know lights on top and the whole bit. And they literally come, and if you pulled that off, they come to your house and they drag you out and they throw you into the baggage compartment of a plane and they fly you to a different city to torture you. And then they, when you come out the baggage, no, don't ever do that again. Don't cheat our system. Well, well I, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. How am I going to get back to St. Louis? Figure it out. Bye. That's what they do if they catch you. I wonder what it would be like to <laughs> hitchhike across the nation. I have a friend of mine from high school who got mad at his parents. True story. Uh, got mad at his parents and one day just went out at Interstate 70 and ended up two days later in Denver. <laughs> he hitchhiked to Denver. <laughs> Honest to God, he just hitchhiked to Denver. I hitchhiked one time. I was a teenager, and I got a God-fearing man that uh, wanted to tell me about the evils of hitchhiking. I'm like, could you just let me off up here? <laughs> well, you, you know, creepy things like that. Yesterday, and I won't say who this person is because I don't want to embarrass her, but yesterday I was in a meeting where a lady who was a financial advisor who used to work for that local big company, you know the whole deal, if you work for Ed Jones, you know, if you're a financial advisor, you know what you have to do? You know, it's like a rite of passage. You have to knock on doors. I don't know if they still do it or not. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Okay, well, I don't know how they do it with the virus thing, but anyway, she talked about how she was like the queen of knocking on doors when she worked for Edward Jones. And she was like, everybody would go, oh my God, you, you know, and she talks about like people would, she'd drive in a neighborhood somewhere and she goes, I knocked on every door in this subdivision. People go, really? She told the story of this guy that invited her into her house and then he locked the door and wouldn't let her out. I mean, talk, um, talking, about, talking about creepy. I'm going like, I'm going, you know, and, and you know, she was making this presentation to our group and I'm going like. Oh, that, that doesn't sound good. How did that happen? You know, how did that turn out? Obviously, you're here, so you got out somehow. And she says she sort of, sort of just was uncomfortable. And then apparently he finally, I don't know if she, you know, yelled at him or whatever, but finally he unlocked the, door, him. unlocked the door and she left. But, you know, once again, I mean, that's the crazy kind of thing. Does that happen anymore? I want, you know, I'd love to 
you know, we've got we got Mike McGee on here. I don't, I, matter of fact, I'll call him maybe today and see if, if Edward Jones still has people doing the door. And, you know, the whole idea behind they it do. is. Well, the whole idea behind it is, and I get it, the whole idea behind it is that they're trying to introduce themselves because they have a gazillion offices and they have an area of each other offices and they're trying to introduce themselves to that to that group of people in the area to show that it's like you're a real person. You're not just like some, you know, voice on a phone that could be some, you know, it could be a call center, it could be in St. Louis, it could be in New York, it could be in, it could be Bob in Bombay, you know, uh, India, or what, are, they don't mm-hmm. call it Bombay anymore, it's Muguaco or whatever. What is it, what's it now? What's it? I don't know, I, I know it's 644. Uh, the smartest woman in the world says it's called Hidden... Hidden city ticketed can only book one way without getting remainder of your ticket canceled. So, so you can <laughs> only book one way. So you'd fly out in one airline, come back another airline, uh, and if, like I said, if they catch you, the Southwest Airlines police grab you, they take you to the airport, they throw you in the, throw you in the luggage compartment, and you end up in a random city. And then when you get out, they essentially say, and you and they you have to come down. They ro- they load you up. They 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 shrink wrap you. Do you know that that they shrink wrap you? They put you. They've got this. They've got this turntable that they put you on, and they wrap you in a rug. <laughs> they, they, they turn the turntable on, and and the turntable goes around and around, and the guy, okay, we're gonna shrink wrap you, and then they put you on the conveyor belt, and you go in the belly of the plane, and then you end up in like New York City or something like that, and then the, the agent. I told you the story about how I was on flight when that when, the, when these guys, these three butthead guys who were drunk, who were giving the flight attendants grief. I told you that, didn't I? And when. Well, apparently they they called ahead. <laughs> we were going to Omaha, and when they, oh yes, and when they came off the plane, these were like three burly dudes, you know, construction dudes. They were going. I don't know where they're going. They were connecting somewhere, and this small lady uh, happened right in front of me. These guys got off right in front of me, and they were just causing problems. And you know, you know, I mean, not being buttheads, buttheads, but they were like on the butthead scale of one to ten. Like they were like fours. You know what I mean? And they weren't like the BH scale. Yeah, the BH scale, the butthead scale. They weren't like ripping up the chair cushions or anything like that. But they were just like being obnoxious and you know and and really being tough on the flight attendants. It was it got to the point where it's like even one of the guys, me and another guy, even I said I I said to guys, knock it off. I said honest to God, I said that. And the guy looked at me and he said, I I will just say the second word he said to me was you. And you can figure out what the first word was. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we didn't mess with them. Okay. We, they, they were like, you know, they were bigger than us. So we get off the flight. We're walking up the jetway. And at the top of the jetway, there's this small lady, obviously. And I say small into the point where she was like maybe five foot two, maybe five foot three in heels. And these were guys were like, they made me look small. And I'm six foot two. So she says to them, gentlemen, can I have a word with you? And because apparently they, you know, they called ahead and described what these guys look like, and she took them off to the side and just dressed them down. I mean, it was funny because there's this small woman just, just laying into these guys, and you, you, you know, and she's like, and you disrespected our flight attendants when they're in the air. Their word is God. I can remember her saying that. Their word is God. You, they tell you what to do, and you do it, and you disrespected them. And and the one guy's, well, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. And she canceled the rest of their flights. <laughs> they were flying. That's my girl. They were flying somewhere, and she says, I've canceled your flight. Well, well, we're not going. We're not staying in Omaha. I can't remember where they're going. They're going someplace in the West Coast. And how are we going to get there? She goes, Not my problem. Figure it out. And she walks away, and people are clapping. Yay! 
it was great. <laughs> that was that was instant karma. Well, actually, not instant. It was, it started, was, it was instant karma. It was delayed karma, but still, it was worth it. Oh my god, <laughs> six forty-eight. It's Mister Pronouns. Westplex one hundred seven point one. I guess I couldn't even call him Mister. It's the pronoun dude. No, that's even dude and dudettes. What's what's a non-gender specific pronoun? They. There. There. I don't know this whole thing. The gender. Uh, that's Sam Smith, and if you remember, he got all bent out of shape. Somebody, somebody called him a him, and he went ballistic. You know, I'm not a him. I'm an it. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> if if somebody calls you by the wrong name, do you get upset? It all depends on what they call me. I don't really care what anybody calls me. I really don't. If they call me something like they call me the name of somebody I don't particularly care for, I get a little upset. Yeah. Okay, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hidden t- hidden sick city ticketing. We were talking about this. The smartest woman in the world. She says if airlines uh, they can delete she all your so frequent smart. flyer points as punishment. Technically, you are violating the contract of carriage. We talked about the fact that you can figure out if you go online, you can say, okay, if I want to go to Phoenix, it's five hundred dollars to go to Phoenix, but. It's $400 to go to uh, Los Angeles, but they stop in Phoenix, and you just get off the plane. It's like, once again, here, I'm going to do that right now. I, and I, I couldn't believe how cheap it was. I'm talking about this. Where's my Southwest Airlines app? Da, 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 da. Let me just go online. Um, okay, I'm just going to go on Southwest, and I'm going to pick a date. Give, a, give me a date, okay? Give me a date about three weeks into the future, okay? Book about of, three weeks? Yeah. Pick. Give me a date. Um, September 27th. Oh, my God. What? There's, before you can book a flight, you got to read this goofy thing about COVID-19 travel information on Southwest. We're closely monitoring the ongoing government restrictions for travel. Each state, our country, may require varying levels of documentation, testing, and potential verification of test results. For detailed information regarding each destination option, please click in the appropriate section below. And they've got all these different... <laughs> Here we go. Here's Hawaii. Let's click on this. Let's see what Hawaii says, okay? Uh, travel is allowed to Hawaii with some restrictions. Documentation required. Quarantine or COVID-19 test. Exemptions may apply. How... Oh, now, you know what? This is something... I want to talk about this next hour, okay? Because I am contemplating going to Las Vegas next month in October for our NAB convention, which was canceled last year. It's in April. It's canceled April 2020. They moved it from April of 2021 till October next month. But I may not go because of the fact that I don't have this goofy app that they want you to have. And we'll talk about that next hour. Let me see if I hold on. It's because you need a new phone. No, 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 no. I can't, you know, I can't even find a stupid place on here to book a flight. Okay, here we go. Okay, book a flight. Okay. Okay, uh, I'm going to go from, you have a date, we're going to go from STL, STL, St. Louis, Missouri, to Honolulu. You, you didn't have a date for me yet, do you? Where's the date? September 27th. Okay, hold on a minute. Uh, Honolulu, 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 Hawaii, and you're saying September 27th? Yep. Okay, September 27th, which is a Monday. I don't know if that's good or bad. Okay, done. And we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do one way, uh, we're gonna do no round trip, uh, and then we're going to no we're gonna do one way. Fine flights, okay. Two hundred forty eight dollars. Wow. 
does that seem like? Of course it takes. <laughs> you leave at 9.05 in the morning. But see here once again. Two stops, one of them's Las Vegas. I bet you any money if I found that flight between St. Louis and Las Vegas on September 27th, Monday, September 27th, it probably cost more than $248. Two stops, yeah, $248 from here to Hawaii. How is that possible? You leave at 9.05 in the morning, you get there at 9.35 at night, but you actually spend, because of all the time zone changes, you spend 17 hours and 30 minutes on the way. 17 hours and 30 minutes. Because Hawaii is, let me think, we're central uh, mountain. Um, I think Hawaii is like five hours behind us. So right now it would be technically it would almost be, um, what, 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that, 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. I'll check that. But $248 from here to Hawaii. Doesn't that sound crazy? It does. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I thought to myself, I can fly to Hawaii for $248? Okay. But would you? Well, I'll tell you how I'm going to do that next break. 659. Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 crap, and Westplex, and KSLQ 104.5, all part of BS in the Morning show, Trimalcast. And you can check out bsinthemorning.show to find out more about Shelly and myself. I'm Shelly. She's Brad, right? Absolutely. More crazy stuff from the smartest woman in the world. Here we go again. I can fly to uh, from St. Louis to Honolulu for $248, and it stops in Las Vegas. But I can get off the plane in Las Vegas, and it's, uh, was it cheaper? It's cheaper. In other words, it's cheaper for me to just get off the plane in Las Vegas than it is to fly. In other words, I can fly, I can book a flight to 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 Honolulu for 248 bucks, which is cheaper than me flying direct to Las Vegas and just get off the plane in Las Vegas. Get this. Yeah, from, but what about your uh, baggage? Oh, you just carry it on. I don't, I don't, I never, I never fly with anything. I can see that about you. <laughs> I, 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 I can see you packing a little bag I, I, and just. I have to tell you that. Going in, forward. In the past, I don't know, 30 years. I don't think I've ever checked a bag. I don't fly. Oh, I can't. All, I, I don't, can't say that. I have an entire <laughs> bag of shoes. I don't fly all that much anymore. But there was a time when I was flying, you know, at least once a week, sometimes two and three times a week. And I never. I had like a little carry-on with me that had all the essentials had like you know the pit putty and all that kind of stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? You know, had all my essential bathroom kind of stuff. Y- yeah, we get it. Brad. And and I would just wash my clothes in the in the uh, in the the in the, the sink and at night you know wash my socks and then hang them up to dry and wear the same stuff all the time you think i'm kidding sit, <laughs> sit there and sit there and flush the commode and so cause you know it's really clean and and use that as like your agitator for get your this get this round trip from las vegas to honolulu cheapest is 338 dollars 330 round trip from las vegas to honolulu how is that possible I mean, I'm just, like, dumbfounded. You're flying, like, I don't know how many hours. I mean, I mean, how... how... I hear it's it's quite the adventure. What, in Honolulu? Um, to, to fly there. You know, there was a... There, you know, you're the FAA girl. There was a rule for years and years and years yeah. that you had to have a minimum of three engines if you were over an ocean. So if you flew transatlantic or across the Pacific, you have to have three engines. And now... Hot, you know they they waive that rule 
because they claim the engines got much more reliable. Don't tell Sully that. You know, when he lost both engines and ended up right. on Hudson, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but um, now it's only two engines, and that's how they're flying 737s. To me, it's like, how in the world are they flying? I mean, to me, it's like it's like mind-boggling to think Southwest Airlines, this company that started, in, and it's a fat, if you ever get this book, you can probably still find it online. The book, it's called Nuts, N-U-T-S. And it's a fascinating book about Southwest Airlines. It was written by a husband and wife couple who, by the way, at the time, they were working on, both of them were working on their PhDs in business or something like that. They were, I think, at San Diego State University. And just for, like, grins, they contacted Herb, Herb, Herb Kelleher, who at the time was the founder and president of Southwest Airlines, CEO, and they said to him, hey, look, we're working on this Ph.D. thesis. We think you're an amazing company. We'd like to do our thesis on Southwest Airlines. And he says, sure. And he gave him like carte blanche entry into the company that, you know, he gave him like a letter. They could show up at people's offices. Hey, I'm, you know, Herb told me I could come and, and talk to you and, and see what you're doing the whole bit. And they were so fascinated with Southwest Airlines, they wrote the book. And it's called Nuts. And I bought it. It was a fascinating book. And what's interesting is, remember, I, I told this. Do you know, realize if if that book was called today, it would be called No Nuts. Right, no, no nuts because they don't, they don't, they don't, they have, they don't have peanuts anymore because you, they barely pass right, out water. Right. Or yeah. Well, not, but you know the peanut allergy back in the day, they didn't have the peanut allergy. Anyway, yeah, that's true. What he, did we do back when we had a peanut allergy and uh, lactose intolerance? Right. And, all that crazy weird stuff. Right. Uh, Anyway, they talked about the fact that back in the day, there was no, uh, you know, back in the day, it was like the customer's always right. And there's a chapter in the book that talks about Herb said the customer is not always right. And they gave an example of some woman who was retired and she traveled all the time and all she did was complain. And to the point where Herb knew her by first name because she would call on the phone. Herb, I was on a flight yesterday, and and there weren't weren't enough ice cubes in my drink. And I told that flight attendant, I know you, and and I'm going to complain to you. And this lady constantly complained, constantly complained. So finally, <laughs> she sent this nasty letter to Herb about something happened on one of the flights, and Herb sends her back a card, and they had a picture of it. He goes, Dear Mrs. So and So. We're going to miss you on Southwest Airlines. You're no longer to fly, no longer allowed to fly with us. Thank you so much for your biz- business in the past. Signed, Herb Kelleher. He kicked her off the airline. <laughs> That's funny. Because he said that they don't believe the customer is always right. They said they think the customer is right most of the time, but they're not going to let the jerkazoids who are going to say, well, I'm the customer. I can do anything I want. You know, those kind of guys who are like, I'm paying good money for this. I can, if I want to take my shoes off and, and, and air my stinky toes and, you know, on the, on the back of the chair, I'll do whatever I want. You know, that kind of, you know, you know, you know who those Ew. people are. Right. Yeah. Right. You know who those people are. Hey, I'm paying good money for this. I do whatever I want. I have to say that I have not been a, like a flyer, a mega flyer like you, but I've, Knock on and, and you know what I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to put it out in the universe. Mm-mm, never mind. The book is the smartest woman in the world says it's still available. Ten ninety nine paperback on Amazon. It's called Nuts. It's a good read. It's obviously the book's I think like probably thirty thirty five years old now, but it's a fascinating book. And it talks about how if you remember there was this crazy weird regulatory situation they were in because for a long time you couldn't fly to any state that. I think it was some crazy weird thing. You couldn't fly to and you couldn't fly directly to Texas or some crazy thing like that, or you couldn't fly from any state that bordered t- 
Texas into Texas because of some goofy regulation. I can't remember the whole thing. And it was a startup airline, and, and you know, and they started from scratch. And one of the things that they did was they they scratch scratch scratch. They encouraged they no, no, it wasn't scratch scratch scratch. You said they started from scratch. I'm like scratch scratch scratch. You mean like I'm an FAA engineer? Scratch scratch scratch. Like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You're gonna get me in trouble. You need to pull that. <laughs> That's my favorite one of all time. I know. It's, well, no, it's not. You have I'm another an one. But, engineer. Um, scratch, scratch, scratch. And I would moon her. That was some weird <laughs> sh- It was, uh, Hillary. It was some day. weird bloop. Okay. Anyway, they encouraged their flight attendants to have fun with, and there are, I can tell you some classic times I've been. I, my son, my oldest son, I went to Las Vegas with him once to a convention. I think he was 15 at the time. And we had this crazy flight. We went from St. Louis to Kansas City. We picked up a bunch of people from Chicago, and we went from KC to Las Vegas. And the 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 airline, the 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 it was a dude, the flight attendant. He did game shows. He were given he was giving away drink tickets. And I had at the time I was a frequent flyer. God, I it's to the point where I was probably getting oh, at least one free ticket a month. One free round free ticket. Sometimes I'd get two or three because back in the day, this is when they first started registering on the internet, and you could, if you flow, you flew, you got double miles. Their frequent flyer program now sucks. Used to be the best in the world. If you had, if you had sixteen flights, I think it was the way it was. Sixteen flights or eight round trips, you got a free ticket. And I think that when if you booked online, it went double. So in other words, all you had to do was like I think it was four round trips, and you got a free ticket, and you got a bunch of drink tickets and i'm not a drinker so i probably had i don't know 30 or 40 drink tickets so i'm on this flight between st louis and or between kansas city and las vegas with a bunch of radio guys and my son i think this is like coming of age for my son because i'm just buying the back of the plane drinks left and right and i mean like yeah here how many drink tickets you need 10 here we go and and this guy's doing this, the flight attendant's doing this game show deal where he's giving away prizes, giving away drinks and things like that. And it was probably the most fun I've ever had in a flight. And that was the trip where I told my son I, I, on the way out there, I'm going like, yeah, you're not going to believe Las Vegas. He's never been to Las Vegas before. I go, you're not going to believe Las Vegas. You go to everywhere there's, there's slot machines. He go, really? I go, yeah. Matter of fact, there's a 7-Eleven I stopped in once upon a time right off the strip, and there's slot machines. I go, He's going like, yeah, right, Dad. There's slot machines in the Seven Eleven. Yeah, there's slot machines in the Seven Eleven. First off, we get to the we get to Las Vegas, get the rental car, and with no GPS, I say I'm taking. It's like Saturday morning at nine o'clock. I said I'm taking to the Seven Eleven to watch the slot machines, and he goes, yeah, right. And he's like amazed. I'm navigating through Las Vegas, and he's going like, how do you know where you're going? I go, I got this weird, weird, weird thing. Hopefully, it passed on to you. I, there's a bunch of cities I've been in that I know fairly well. I can navigate myself around Las Vegas without GPS. I know where I'm at. Is it because where, mm, how the city is laid out? No, I just, I just have this weird quirk. I haven't been to San Diego in probably 20 years, and I, you? I could weird I, quirk. No, I could, really, I could get off the plane in San Diego, and I could, if you said, hey, let's go here, I can take you there. I mean, because because I've been there before, and I used to, you know, like I used to go, I used to vacation there by myself. What I do, I drive around the city all day long. I just drive around. I'd put two, three hundred miles a day in the city in in San Diego, just drive around. I'd drive around and you know go downtown. I'd go. As a matter of fact, one of my coolest things was, remember if you go see the uh, the movie uh, Top Gun. Uh, yeah, you know, at Miramar, right? Miramar Air Force or, uh, NAS, but it's now you know it's not Naval Air Station anymore. It's now the Marine Corps. 
It's uh, really yeah. It's well, they uh, B M A S Miramar, but and they Kimmy was, Kimmy was stationed there. I think two tours. Well, that's where the Top Gun School is, and what's crazy about it is you go out there, and at the time they were doing, you know, they, they were flying F 15s I think we're trying to if, if, if Navy's flying. I don't know if they're flying 15s or 18s. They're probably flying 18s, and the guys they were doing touch and goes, which like if you go out to like. You know, one of the small airports, like like for example, where where Caleb flies out of Smart Field out there in St. Charles County, right across the river from from Grafton. Okay, right. It's not unusual for the student pilots to do touch and goes, where essentially what you do is you approach, you do an approach, you land, and instead of coming to a stop, you just you know throttle it back up and you take off again. In other words, it gives you practice for landing and taking off. And sometimes you do a full stop where you you know stop on the runway and then you accelerate. So <laughs> I'm watching these F-18s do stop and go. I mean, do do literally you touch, know, and touch and goes they're flying they're doing a pattern they're just like you know left pattern they come in they land you know put the wheels down you know you know fire the afterburner back up take off you know do a pattern around the airport come back in i'm sitting out at the end of the runway going like this is so cool i'm <laughs> watching these f-18s who are made right here in st louis do touch and goes out at miramar uh, naval air station that was before the movie came out because that was a long time ago okay Here's my story that I was going to talk about yesterday, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not making this up. First off, someone's going to say, here you go, Brad BS again, okay? The story is about this. these women, they're researchers who, let me find it here. Da, 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 da. The title of the story is, ready for this? Yes. I got to bring it up on my phone. How having big buttercup. How having big boobs really does slow you down and makes you run makes running harder. Okay? Once again, the title of the story is How Having Big Boobs Really Does Slow You Down and Makes Running Harder. And they did a scientific study. And it starts out says, For those that don't know, it's like running with dumbbells. Only they're attract attached to your chest and they thump against you and weigh you down. And many female rumbers runners with double D's and left questioning if they're actually slowing them down. So they did this study. A new study appears to have the answer. The bigger the boobs, the slower you run, scientists at University of Portsmouth found. Running with double D boobs will make will take longer to complete a marathon than those with A cup, even if they have similar fitness levels. In fact, Dr. Joanna Skur, a researcher of breast health at the University of Portsmouth, and Dr. Nicola Brown from St. Mary's University found that marathon runners finish times increase by as much as 4.6 to 8.6 minutes for each increase in cup size. So, <laughs> they, Plus, they keep on hitting you in the face. It says, this means a woman wearing a 32DD sports bra would finish a marathon over 18 minutes behind a woman wearing a 32A, even if they had similar fitness levels and a similar training experience. The difference is more significant with larger band sizes. For example, a woman wearing a 36 double D bra would finish on average almost 35 minutes behind a woman wearing a 36A. This could be down to the amount a woman's boobs move while she is running with excessive breast motion leading to discomfort. In fact, the NHS, NHS says a woman's breast can move as much as 15 centimeters while running. Now that's, you know, in the medical terms, 15 centimeters would be... I'm trying to think 15 centimeters. Centimeter is 10 millimeters, which is like, what, two and a half inches, something like that? I don't know. It's quite a bit. Um, 
uh, anyway, I said about 50% of the move movement is in the vertical, and then 25% is side-to-side movement, and the other 25% is anterior-posterior motion. I guess that's backwards and forwards, right? Uh, regardless, that's about six inches of motion with every stride. Another recent survey also found that running in the wrong size sports bra shortens your stride. It shortens your stride. How is that possible? Wearing the wrong because size. Of the way that your back is lined up. I guess. The research conducted by Brooks Running and led by University of Portsmouth found that women running in a bra with poor support shorten their stride by four centimeters. This could add up to running an extra mile or 1.5 kilometers over the length of a marathon. Despite this, running isn't all bad when it comes to boobs. As it turns out, regular running is one of the best things you can do to protect yourself from breast cancer. I mean, I read the story and go like, this is... Yeah, I don't know about that. What, it's, what it said. This is a, 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 you know, a, a research by these doctors, a women doctors, who are you know working at these universities. It's thought that physical activity regulates hormones, including estrogen and insulin, which can fuel breast cancer growth. Running also helps women stay at a healthy weight, which also helps regulate hormones and helps keep the immune system healthier. Do you believe that? Mm-mm. You don't? Yeah, probably, but you won't see me running. Not a runner. Really? No. <laughs> the smartest woman in the world says men did the study. <laughs> Absolutely. And they probably <laughs> sat there and, you know, measured out the actual right, right. Um, bounceage. Right. <laughs> you no. know, applied a number to that. Right. No women. And then kind of calculated it with some kind of blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. No women were harmed during this study. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, but, but what's interesting about that is, is that, I, you know, obviously, and, and, let, let's be honest, when you watch like the Olympics, which you just had, okay, the women who are the runners and also the gymnasts, shall we say, are not very curvy. You know what I'm saying? No, but what they do is they, they bound themselves. No, but, but, well, I don't know about that. It has to they, do with... They bound their breasts, Brad. They do. I'm not going to go there because I don't, I think some of them just don't have... That must. I'm that not much saying that. Well, they're also twelve. Breastage. Yeah. Well, the, the you know the. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're not going to be right. very voluptuous. Well, that's the that's the gymnast. Yes, they're all like young girls. They're like you know, <laughs> you know. But but you know, once again, I mean, and, and and look, I'm a guy. I support. You know, I have a motto. Just like just like Joe Biden. I feel that whatever a man can do, woman can do better. I really do feel that way. I grew up with a mother who was a very well educated woman who was. Somewhat, you know, well, I wouldn't say somewhat. She was ticked off because of the fact that she was in education and she was discriminated against because she was a woman. She couldn't be a principal or an assistant principal or a superintendent because women didn't do those, do those jobs back then. Now it's gotten to the point where there's much more, you know, equality. Matter of fact, most, it seems like most of the principals and most of the superintendents are women nowadays. But anyway, which I have no problem with because I say women, you know, if women ran the world, if, if, if Kamala Harris was the president, we wouldn't have this problem in Afghanistan. I'm telling you. You don't believe me? I want to know where she's been. <laughs> she's been AOL. She has. A-W- not so AOL, I AWOL. I mean, she's just disappeared. And you know what's interesting? I heard a political uh, guru say the other day, she's done that on purpose. You know why she's done that on purpose? Because absence makes the heart grow fonder? No, because she doesn't want to be associated with this. 
because she's ultimately going to at some well, point in time. She picked the wrong running mate, didn't well, she? No, but she's like, she, somebody will, you know, like let's say she runs in 2024 as president and Biden decides he's not going to run for president. He's not going to run for re-election. She runs as for president. It, she could get brand. Well, remember back in 2021, you screwed up this Afghanistan deal. She goes, eh, not me. It was Joe. I didn't have anything to do with it. I wasn't even there. Matter of fact, I was vacationing when that whole deal was going on. So don't yell at me. We're on vacation. God, I read that story the other day. Part of this thing, they said the meltdown in Afghanistan was, and I don't realize this, the last two weeks of, of August are typically the vacation weeks in, in D.C. where everybody goes on vacation. Everybody. The city clears out. Everybody's gone. How is that? How is it that, like, everybody's on vacation? And remember, Biden was on vacation. He was at Camp David, and then he did that speech, and he went back to Camp David, and, and the Secretary of Defense or State, what, what's his name, Blinken was on vacation. He was, he was at some high-end party in the Hamptons in New York, and so-and-so was on vacation. And remember, they all talked about that, that uh, what's-her-face, uh, circle back, Saki, uh, that... Uh, you circle know, Let's circle back to that. That's what that's, that's the name she because when she first started as press secretary, she that's probably used that four or five times every press conference. Well, I don't know the answer. I'll, we'll, I'll circle back to you. So they called her Circle Back Saki. Uh, anyway, it, they talked about. And I even saw. I even saw somebody screen capped her her message. They sent her an email, and it, you know, you got the autoresponder saying, "I'm out of the office till August 31st, and if you need to talk to so and so, blah blah." And then they screen capped him, and he is, "I'm out of the office till August 27th." It's like, okay, who's running the company? Country? It's on autopilot. You know, it's there's nobody there in D.C. It's just sort of you know limping along by itself. Anyway, how did I say that? What did I say there? I have no idea. You know, there, let's circle back to that. There are times when. You know, the weight of the world's upon my shoulders, and I really get upset. And you know what I do? Uh, mess with me? I play this. <laughs> I'm an FAA engineer. Scratch, scratch, scratch. <laughs> I rest my case. 726. <laughs> Hold on a minute. What time is it? 726. Uh, where am I at? Okay, say it one more time. 726. Westplex 107.1. It is one of our stations. The other two are Crap 1350 and KSOQ with the Trimal Cast. It's BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Did I get that right? You absolutely did. Um, are you going to be here Monday? Labor Day. It's hard to believe Monday's Labor Day. It's Friday. Can you believe it's Friday? I know, right? So we, um, we're not working on Monday? I would Monday. love to be here Monday. Eh, let's take the day off. Maybe. Well, you want to take the day off? Well, no, I'm going to be working. I'm going to do another stuff. But we'll, uh, let, let's figure on a weekend. Maybe we'll do a show. We'll do a show. Nobody to listen, and we'll have real fun. And all morning long, I'll be able to play things like. Normally, I can't play this because this is, you know, restricted by the FCC. I'm an FAA engineer. Scratch, scratch, scratch. But I'll be able to play that. <laughs> Would you please stop playing that? Phil McCracken, <laughs> Sook Mahidik. Ophelia McHawk, Eileen <laughs> Dover, I still like some Don Kiddick, <laughs> Wayne Kerr, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> you know who Greg Gutfeld is? The guy in, I do not. Okay, who? Greg Gutfeld. He's a guy I on, don't. on I've Fox. Never had the Apparently he ran that video the other night of the school board, that poor guy reading off all these fake names and didn't realize he'd just been punked to the max. Anyway, okay, so... News came out yesterday that Joe Rogan, the king of podcasts, yes, has COVID-19. You heard about this? I, I have heard about it, yes. Now, look at these statistics. This just came out. 
over 80% of Americans 16 and older have some level of immunity against the coronavirus, mostly through vaccination, a new survey shows. The CDC conducted the survey of blood, blood donations. The results also indicated that twice as many people have been infected with the virus as have been officially counted. So they're saying whatever the numbers are, times two that, and that's what the number is. They're doing this by doing st- statistical analysis because of blood donations. Now get this. More than 39 million Americans have been diagnosed with coronavirus since the pandemic started last year. With the latest COVID-19 search, uh, surge upending American life, Dr. Anthony Fauci said the rollout of the booster doses could begin within weeks pending FDA authorization. So they're saying that when they did all these blood donations, that they say that only half the people who had, you know, who had coronavirus have been identified and that typically it's times two. Do you believe that? I do. Okay, I think, I don't know if I ever said this on the air before, I think not January of this year, but January of last year, when nobody knew what this was, I think I had it. I remember that. You were sick as a dog. For like three days. Yep. And like on day number three, I was like, you know, I got to go see the doctor because I had, it was like, I thought I just had the flu flu. Okay. That was January of last year. That was when, that was when Dr. Fauci was still saying things like, (laughs) let me find it again. Every time I play this, Shelly gets mad at me. Where was it? Where's it here? Yeah, this is Dr. Fauci said this. Do you realize that because of you, this city is being overrun by baboons? That's not what he said. Did you know, people don't know this. I'll tell the secret. But Shelley met Dr. Fauci. Yeah, I know you're embarrassed to tell this story. But because what he said, Dr. Fauci, we were at a meeting. And this guy came up to us. and Which, you know, consequently... Uh, ended up in, in, a, in meeting him. Right. And he came up and approached Shelly. And he looked at me and he gave me like this weird, nasty look. Then he looked at Shelly and he said, She was the kind of woman that made you want to drop to your knees. And thank God you were a man. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm guarded and about that... what I can say. Because you, you clip them and then you throw him back and then Kamala Harris was at that same meeting and she was talking about jobs that you know lots of jobs and she was talking about this particular job reclaiming abandoned landmines yeah <laughs> reclaiming abandoned landmines there's a big future in reclaiming you know, I, I bet it pays well the move the movie the graduate which I've never seen so You've both, never seen The Graduate? I have never seen The Graduate. But I know uh, one of the... What, you're, you're like a rom-com dude. How I, could you I, not have seen The Graduate? I'm not a rom-com dude. I don't watch yeah, that. I don't do not. I've never totally. seen. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I've never seen that. Now, the movie I did see with Dustin Hoffman, it was The Marathon Man, which was a good movie, which is actually sort of a spy thriller kind of movie. But I've never seen The Graduate. But supposedly, isn't there a line in the movie where somebody takes Dustin aside and says, hey, let me give you one word, plastics. Wasn't it like when the line in the movie? Um, all I remember is um, the song. <laughs> Mrs. Robinson? Yep. Uh, the Graduate. Cuckoo, cuckoo, baby. <laughs> graduate. Let's see if I can find plastics. Yeah, here, all of Here. Here it is right here. Hold on. With your future. Your life. Well, that's a little hard to say. Ben. Excuse me. 
Mr. McGuire. Ben. Mr. McGuire. Come with me for a minute. I want to talk to you. Excuse us, Joanne. This is where he tells him, I think. You know what happened to me years ago? I went to a party. I can only imagine. And a guy, you know, I was right out of college, and a guy took me aside, and he took me over, you know, same kind of thing. I was at a party, big party, all these important people. And I won't tell who the guy is because he's still alive, but he took me over to the side, and he said, Brad, I want to give you three words. I go, yes, sir. What are they? He says, I will tell you right now, if you listen to what I'm going to tell you, you will have a good life. But if you don't listen to what I tell you, you'll have a miserable life. I go, sir, I respect your knowledge. You respect your worldliness. What are those three, three words? And he looks at me and he says, don't do radio. And I didn't listen to him. And look what happened to me. You are the owner of three <laughs> yes. lovely stations. One of them is crap. Uh- <laughs> One of them is crap. The people are crap. The station is crap. Blah, 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 blah. But you have these other two stations that are amazing. For our, for our... That leave ripples. Oh, that's right. We were going to talk about that. What's that? Our, pay, our Play It Forward promotion. You're going to talk about it because you came up with it. I don't I, have anything I, to do with it. You know what? It's all about leaving ripples. The three things in this world... You can count on that you have to focus on as your health, the content of your character, and the ripples that you leave behind. So, KSOQ, Westplex 107.1, what we're doing is we're doing a play it forward where if you buy a year package, you go to kslq.biz, you buy a year package, um, there are several to choose from, and then you pick a, a small business that you would like to help grow, and we will give them um, a month of advertising um, from you. And it's called, I mean, start a ripple. You know, you know, Brad runs his radio stations by the MADE principle, and that's M-A-D-E, make a difference every day. And this is a, a good chance, you know, people are struggling. So, um, yeah. Just contact myself, Shelly Barr, or Brad Hildebrand. Brad is 314-280-8880. And, of course, you can contact me by Facebook. My number is 314-477-8835. Did you get that while you are driving? And it play it forward. So, yeah, let's start a ripple together. And, and, and also uh, what... In addition to that, what Shelly's been able to do is Shelly's been able to find an old liquor warehouse where they still have Ripple. And when you buy that advertising package, <laughs> you get you get a bottle of Ripple. And for those younger listeners, like, what's Ripple? Okay, according, Sanford and Son, baby. <laughs> right. Okay. Here's what's interesting. 
<laughs> Ripple was a fortified wine produced by E.J. E.J. Gallo Winery as low-end fortified wine that was popular in the United States, particularly in the 1970s. Possessing a relatively low 11% ABF, it was originally marketed to casual drinkers. Due to its lowest price, it had a reputation as a drink for alcoholics and destitutes. It was popular among young drinkers, both underage and college-age students. On Sanford & Son, Ripple was often referred to as, as it was Fred Sanford's alcoholic beverage of choice, making Sanford an early spokesperson of the product, okay? And they had they had different versions of it. Okay, you ready for this? I'm not yep. making this up. Bottle Ripple. Ripple was the original. Ripple was pear wine, okay? Can you imagine okay. pear wine? I mean, what would pear wine taste like? I guess pears, right? Then they had flat tipple, which was sangria and ripple. Champipple, which was mm-hmm. champagne and ripple, or ginger ale and ripple. Manischipple, which was Manischewitz and ripple. Yep. Bojolipple, which was Beaujolais and ripple. Cripple, which was cream and ripple. Stripple, which was straight ripple. Flapple, which was flat ripple or sangria. And muscatip, muscatipple, which was muscatel and ripple. <laughs> Why don't we have drinks like that anymore? What's happened? You know, instead we have everything's not seltzer, 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 seltzer. I, I know. Seltzer, seltzer, seltzer. Go, you know, drink the black claw. <laughs> no, you have black claw, white claw. It's white claw. Oh, is it white claw? It's white claw. Yeah, there's a song. No, I'm not a drinker. I'm a scotch drinker. It, there's, so there's, I a, like my there's a big, there's a country song that's a big hit right now. I can't remember the name of it, but... The guy's like, once again, it's like it's like a bro country song. I'm at the bar, and there's pretty woman woman over there with her pretty red lips sucking on a on a on a no drinking down a, a a white claw. I can't remember the name of the song. Maybe that's the name of the song, White Claw. Did you write that song? No. <laughs> I think you have a feature no. in that. I do. I do. I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, at least Nelly's not talking about. Oh, although no, it's not the song he talks about. Gonna get in his big wheel. His big wheel <laughs> means his his 34 inch tires. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, I, you know what? He talked about that last week, and I watched it again last night. There's this video, and I'll send you the video. Of... Send me the video because you talk about these videos. Oh my god! And then you never send them to me, and I can't find them. It's Garth Brooks in 1992 doing a concert with at... his black black jeans. Well, they were sort of gray, uh, and he had the shirt well, that looked yum. like a big flame. Okay. And he was doing he was doing a concert in Dallas at the old Dallas. Now they have the new the new stadium there, but the old Dallas stadium, you know. Um, and he that's the one where he's he's flies in the air. And you don't believe me when I tell you that. But that was his big thing. He used to fly in the air. They used to fly him. I mean, not like with wings. Like Pink and Lady Gaga. No, I mean, this was in, I mean, like, this was like, this makes them look look like they're doing nothing. And and So he was an aerial artist? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Oh, and, stop it. No, no, seriously. I mean, when I saw this performance, I thought to myself, okay, I understand how I get to be so big. I mean, you watch this video, and it's like 30 years, almost 30 years old, and it's incredible. Everybody on stage, all the other musicians, like there's three women singing background vocals, and they are just like, you can tell they are just having the time of their life. Seriously. You can tell that, and and what's interesting is, you know what's sort of fascinating to me is if you watch Garth in his early years, you know what he did all the time? He smiled. Wore tight jeans. No, he smiled. He smiled all the time. 
He had this. I smile all the you time. No, he had this big toothy smile. When he, when he was singing, he was smiling. And it was like, it's like, okay. You know how like you have these artists that get out there and like, oh, here's a song from my second album. And I don't know you're going to like it because we liked it. Here we go. One, two, three, four. You know, it's like boring city, right? This guy, I'm telling you, if it was if I was at that concert, it would I it, I would never forgotten, and to the point where it's like I'm sent here. I'm this next break. I'm gonna send you the send the video. You watch it and you tell me what you think. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. We're gonna take a break, and I'm gonna say this is your homework. <laughs> your homework. Watch the video. You got three minutes to watch it. Here we go. It's BS in the morning. Westplex 107.1 uh, AM 1350. Crap. KSOQ 104.5. BS the morning. Show is our web address. Check it out. Okay. I can't find the Garth video. Somebody must have taken it down. Why would they do that? I don't know. They do that from time to time. People put things up that they're not, you know, they don't have copyrights to, and then somebody complains and they take it down. But I, and one last thing I want to talk about today, uh, which is sort of bad news for our area. They're going to shut down the Wentzville GM plant for two weeks. For what? Chip shortage. Once again, here we go again. Oh, man. They can't finish any of the vehicles. Matter of fact, not only they, Missouri, not, Missouri's been hard hit on both sides. The GM plant in Wentzville is going to be shut down for two weeks because of chip shortage. And the Kansas City Ford plant that builds the F 150s, same deal. They're going to shut it down for two weeks. Matter of fact, General Motors is shutting down um, a bunch of different plants. General Motors announced Thursday it would pause production at eight North American plants during the next two weeks, including two that make the company's top selling Chevy, Chevy Silverado pickup truck. Um, Ford will stop making the pickups at Kansas City assembly plant. Um, and also they were cut shifts at two more plants in Dearborn, Michigan and Louisville, Kentucky. The cuts will compound an already short supply of cars, trucks, and SUVs on dealer lots nationwide. Get this. Um, automakers reported that U.S. dealers had just under a million new vehicles on their lots in August of uh, this, of, of 2021, the month that just ended. In mm-hmm. 2019, they had almost 4 million cars on lots. And wow. There, there's some lots, like, for example, on Page, right there just east of Lindbergh, where Lou Fuse has a, um, I think it's a GMC truck center. They, they sell Buicks and GMC trucks. I went by there the other day. I'm not kidding. There are four new trucks on the lot. And typically, you go by there, and there'd be like, you know, 40, 50, 60 quite a few four on the lot four brand new trucks that's it god this is so weird the chip shortage it's it's almost like a desert well you know the crazy thing about it is that i heard this lady being interviewed yesterday she's written a, a, an extensive article on this on what's happened with the whole economy and products and things like that and she did this research on an item that she ordered last christmas for her daughter which didn't come in, and when it finally came in after Christmas, it was $30 more expensive. It was some big stuffed giraffe. And she went back and she tracked the trail of this this big stuffed toy giraffe from where it was made in China to where it was put on to a rail car in China that ended up at a you know at a port someplace in China and then was on a uh, you know a cargo ship and came to the United States. And she interviewed all these people along the line. The people who, you know, ran the, the port in, you know, China, the guy who was, you know, one of the guys who was in charge, not one, but not necessarily in charge, but one of the executives from 
the cargo container company that you know ships these containers on the ocean going vessels to where it ended up in Long Beach, California, which then it was taken off of the you know container and put onto a rail car and then a rail car ended up in Dallas, Texas and then you know the you know then, then from that point it went on to a, a tractor trailer and it went up to uh, an Amazon distribution center and she said for example the one guy she quoted that he said that they they used to be able to ship a cargo, you know, a, a shipping container, like the big things you see in the big oceans, the ocean liners, you know, the big shipping containers. Right. The, what they call the ISO containers. They used to be, and he used to be able to ship those from China to the United States for $4,000. Now it's $24,000. Okay. And then also she said was interesting that everybody was passing the buck. And she was talking like to the guy in in at the at the Long Beach, uh, you know, uh, freight freight depot, the port there in Long Beach. And he was saying, well, the reason we're backed up is because the warehouses aren't open 24 hours a day. And she talked to the warehouse guy, and the guy was saying, no, that's not true. We're open 24 hours a day. The reason we're backed up is because the truck drivers are 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 there's not enough truck drivers. And she talked to the trucking company. No, that's not the case. And the, everybody kept passing the buck. Nobody would say, yeah, that's right. We, you know, we're messed up. And, 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 and what's interesting to me is like, I keep saying to myself, okay, make this stuff in the United States and all that problem goes away. Just make it right here instead of having it shipped from China. Now, once again, what's starting to happen? And I can tell my stupid, stupid little goofy story here in the broadcasting business. We use these locks that are, and you know what exactly the one I'm talking about. They're four, there's the four dial combination locks. We use at transmitter sites. They're very common in the broadcasting field. If you go to transmitter sites, you'll see these locks all over the place, okay? They're made yes. by master locks. They used to be made in Milwaukee, okay? And they're great locks. I've got some of these that are 20, 30 years old. But then they shipped the production of these ma- this same master lock to China. They're junk. They rust. They don't work right. If you get them to work for a year, you're lucky. And it's like there's a perfect example. So, And my situation is because of that, I no longer buy those master locks. I found an American lock company that cost me four times as much, but yet it's to the point where... Um, you can say it's made in the good old U.S. of A. Chips are not made in China. I know that. No, there are chips that are made in China. The majority of chips are made in Taiwan. The smartest woman in the world, she's always so complimentary. She says, you need to shut up or get smarter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you with, go, girl. With friends... <laughs> She's your friend, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> She's not your friend. <laughs> oh, she actually is my friend. She actually is. She, she sounds made, like she made me my the 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 shirt that I'm going to wear when Baby Harper Faye comes into the world. She says I have two names, Mom and Grandma, and I rock them both. Okay, she just sent me something. She said, Brad, every time I listen to your show, this is what I do. <laughs> Was that the scream? Oh, that was the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> you need to tell people about the Wilhelm scream sometime. And, and then she said, "Not now because we have to go." But and then she said, "What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard." I got all these compliments, and then. Me as Pastor Brad stood up in front of the church and said, Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Why is that? Shelly, tell me that. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to go there. Okay. We're done. You know what? You know what I haven't played in a while? Um, you 
rock me all night long? No. Here's what I haven't played in a row. Hold on. Here we go. The Friday morning anthem? No, this is weekend advice. Ready? Here we go. This weekend oh, safety brief. Don't add to the population. Don't subtract from the population. Don't end up in the hospital, newspaper, or jail. If you end up in jail, establish dominance quickly. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, everybody. Peace and I fly. Peace and what? I fly. I fly? Mm-hmm. You don't know what I fly is? No. What is that? I mm, love you. <laughs> 758. I fly.